Hello and welcome to Create, Talk, Repeat. My name is Dustin Brenton. On this episode, I spoke with Grant Widmer and Ted Joyner, the indie pop rock duo Generationals. I discovered their music a few years ago on a random Spotify playlist and have been a fan ever since. We discussed their inspirations, their process, and their new album, Heatherhead, coming out June 2nd. But before we get to that interview, here's a word from our sponsor. Stay tuned. Anchor.fm is now Spotify for podcasters. New name, improved experience. Spotify is more dedicated than ever to empowering creators. This platform will continue to offer the best features to grow your podcast and distribute it everywhere, all for free. Visit podcasters.spotify.com for more details. Back to the show. Hello and welcome to Create Talk Repeat. I'm here with Grant Whitmer and Ted Joyner. You know them as Generationals. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having us. So this is the first for Create Talk Repeat. I got two people that I'm interviewing, so we're going to you know tag team back and forth. You guys feel free to jump in whenever you want. Um, so, you know, many people already know Generationals, I'm sure from your throngs of listeners, uh, fans across the globe. Um, I found you guys through Spotify, some random playlist pulled up your music one day years ago. And I think it was, uh, it was either put a light on or black lemon that came up and just hooked me. And I've been a fan ever since, but now I've talked way too much and I always talk over the first question and answer it for the guests. But, um, Grant, I'll start with you. What do you, what do you guys create? What do you say you create? We create moments. That's what we're in the business of. We're trying to just create a series of moments that listeners find to be entertaining. Um, no, I'm, I'm joking. But uh, we, we, uh, yeah, I think we're what I what I like to think about is just like combining very simple elements. Neither of us are like especially skilled at performing or like really good instrumentalist per se. Um, but I think we found an ability to sort of like combine simple things in in, a, in interesting ways or in ways that can add up to something as opposed to being able to blow you away with, um, you know, an amazing ability to like play piano or something. So, uh, yeah, I think if we had to, if I had to say like what our sort of skill is, it's just being able to find combinations of simple elements to you know put songs together yeah i see ted sitting in a studio right now is that your studio where you produce your music at or is this just your home studio uh no it's where a lot of the tracking and writing happens so um, how does i'm oh, sorry Go it's ahead. a space that that we share uh whenever grants in town where this is our place where we come to and then where i'm coming to you know most days so where did uh, how did you guys form? Where did the where did the two of you come together and form Generationals? We've known each other for a really long time, uh, since high school, and we were friends for a while. And we really didn't start a proper band together until sometime in college. So we were in a, a band prior to Generationals called Eames Era, mm -hmm. and then uh, that band had a few other people in it, and it kind of fizzled out a few years later, and. We decided we, you know, 
we realized we, we kind of wanted to keep going and so we started a new project that was just sort of centered on the, the, the two of us and that became what is now generationals and we put out that first record as that project in uh 2009 so so when did when did you guys start creating not i mean individually separately like grant i'll ask you first like when did you start getting into music when did you start creating was this something that you started as a kid that you were always musically inclined or did it kind of come along later when you met ted and he was like hey you got a talent <laughs> yeah honestly i was kind of inspired by ted i i grew up in a, a family my dad is a huge music collector and is a voracious you know listener of lots of different kinds of music and he would he would make mixtapes for me and give me tapes and cds and stuff um so i grew up you know loving and idolizing bands and musicians and um but no they never like put an instrument in my hands i i think it wasn't until i was in like junior high or, or in high school when um yeah i think like probably after i had met ted and and some of our other friends that played and was kind of inspired to like get a guitar and try to learn some chords myself um that i actually you know got the idea to I don't know, see if I could learn to play. And then mm -hmm. it takes some years after that before you feel like you can write something that you would want to share with anybody. Yeah. Um, so probably not until like, yeah, teenage years, I would say. That learning how to play guitar is, is uh, one of those things that I'm always impressed by. Because I even just this last year, I grabbed a guitar and I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to do it. I have a guitar. I'm going to try it. And I, I had some YouTube videos. I sat down on my couch, had my guitar, and I was trying to play. And like, I can't do it. My just my I I can play drums. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> but but guitar is not my thing. So Ted, when did you when did when did you start uh, in making music? Um, my parents gave me a guitar probably. I think I was like, I want to say I was like ten. I thought probably eleven. Mm -hmm. Um, just started out really simply, like my dad just showing me some chords, and uh, and I immediately wanted to like make you know, like write my own songs, which I started doing immediately, but they were, you know, really bad. I mean, like really, you know, they were nothing. <laughs> uh, so I think the impulse to make my own stuff was like there concurrent with like discovering music and being able to play at all. But um, as Grant said, it kind of takes a while before you really start to make anything that feels worthwhile. Right. So how so when you guys are collaborating on on music as as generationals, not as you know solo or whatever, um, who do, who does most of the writing? Is it a very collaborative process, or does you know Grant come to Ted or Ted come to Grant, going, "Hey, I got this idea for a song." How do you guys work together in the uh, in the scope of the band? I think our background is that when we first started doing this and making music together. We were in a band with three other people and we would all sit in a room together in kind of like the the corny way that you would see in a movie, you know, and all face each other and play chords at each other and sing over it until like a song came out. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be great. And it's really euphoric when you like hit on something that way. But it's tough. It's really tough because it's just so hard to like, I don't know um get everybody kind of on the same page and behind the same idea at the same moment it's more especially when there's so much ego and there's so much you know potential for embarrassment involved in like introducing a new idea like that if you don't get the reaction you want it can 
you know, especially for a younger person, it can really, I don't know, make you crouch or make you afraid to express that idea yeah. again. So I think over time, um, we just got more success and more um, mileage out of kind of nurturing ideas more like kind of individually. And then the question becomes like, okay, at what point are we going to share this um, with each other to try to see if it can be built out or if it's sometimes, you know, it's basically done mm -hmm. and, and it really just kind of needs the other person to kind of like, listen through and maybe make a few suggestions here or there but more more recently i think we've we've found uh like more success with a technique of like sharing really really new ideas that are maybe only a few bars long or five or ten seconds long um bouncing a lot of those back and forth rather than building up putting a whole lot of eggs in the basket of one song that is basically done i think we found a cool new technique of like really bouncing you know 20 30 ideas back and forth that might be really short and not have a lot of meat on the bone so to speak um but inevitably you know with a group of ideas that's that big one or two of those is gonna um you know light a fire and kind of get something going so yeah. that's been the technique that like i feel like we really hit on especially with this new album yeah, that's great to be able to collaborate like that and say, "Hey, I got this idea for these, you know, lyrics, or I got this this harmony. I don't know what to do with it. You know, what can you yes. bring to the table and kind of work together on that?" So you guys had uh, Reader as Detective come out in twenty nineteen, and then you know, COVID happened, sure, and everybody's lives stopped. And then there's an EP that came out uh, in twenty twenty one, and now you have this this new album. So what what kind of Spark, like, was there anything throughout COVID that you guys were, you know, sending messages back and forth to each other? Because we're all supposed to be, you know, distant. Were you continually working on music or was there a time where you kind of stopped and didn't think about it for a while? And then now you're kind of back into it with a full album, not just an EP. No, I mean, we like lockdown happened and we really never stopped writing like that entire time. I mean, we, like Graham was saying, at some point we built up, I mean, probably a folder of like a hundred ideas. And we, we were just, we were kind of like inching along that entire time. Um, and, you know, cause we had, I mean, what else were we going to do? Right. And, uh, also the, yeah. the reader cycle had naturally come to a conclusion right then. Like literally the last show on the entire cycle of, of all the touring for that record was March 12th, 2020. That worked out well. Oh, yeah. And so it was immediately from that point on, we were having a conversation with our manager, like, okay, what are we going to do next? You know whether or not lockdown had happened then or not we would have been back home trying to figure out like okay what are we going to do for the next thing or or you know what's our next move so we just yeah it just it just naturally transitioned for us into being you know home in our own individual home studios and trying to like make a big pile of, of new ideas to go through and, and build out something from and we did like we built out an ep that we put out in 2021 called iliana um that we didn't tour on just because of COVID stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I would say from that group of songs, like the initial ideas from for this new record came from that as well. But yeah, I mean, it just so happened to sort of deposit us into this period of time where we had nothing else much to do and nobody else did either really. Nobody was touring. And 
um you know everybody was working from home and stuff so we were just like all right let's just hunker down here and try to um pile up a bunch of songs or at least little ideas and see where they go so i feel bad for people who had to cancel tours or cancel album releases or whatever right uh but the timing worked out for us in in such a way that it, it, we just kind of went straight back into uh composition mode yeah so when it comes to and this is being the i'm a graphic designer by trade so being uh being a designer i always look at album art and that's a very important thing to me and, and i've had this discussion with many friends like sometimes i can have an album that i like the sound of but i hate the art of it i'll even create a new art and upload it on onto my like itunes or whatever but i love the the art you guys have had and speaking of like iliana and then um uh, and then just the look of the of uh, Heatherhead and Waking Moment, Dirt Diamond, the whole look of it. What? How much do you guys work in that? Are you designing it yourselves? Do you have uh, an artist friend that you work with? How does how does that come about? I think each one has come about uh, differently, but yeah, it's always uh, an artist or a designer. I mean, sometimes it'll be sometimes in the past it has been a piece that we come across, and we're fortunate enough to have that artists agree to let us use it in other cases we've worked kind of with an artist designer to kind of develop the look of it kind of collaboratively with them but um yeah i agree it's, it's a huge part of it and it's it's always tricky like you never really know you you know you know a great cover when you see it but when you know when it's like what should the artwork for this album be i mean like that's sometimes a really daunting kind of question because it's like i i mean I, I don't know so you have to start thinking like well what, what do i do not what do i not want it to be and maybe right. start like from the opposite but it's very um it's great when it works out well and the end product is something that like you're really amped on which i am for heatherhead i, I really love how this one came out Mm -hmm. yeah and justin i know exactly what you mean like there are certain albums that i really like a lot but like i can't deny the fact that if i if i really dislike the cover of it i just like i'm more likely to pick out something else to put on yeah and i like i don't think it can be this is gonna sound dumb but like i i feel like it can't be a great album unless it has a cool album cover like it just it's gonna get dinged a point or two if it has a cover that i just don't think is interesting or doesn't look good and there are certain ones that we've put out that i look back on and i go ah it's kind of like has like cast a little bit of a darker shadow over my memory of this album because i don't feel like that particular cover lives up to what it could have been right. um and, and on the on the flip side of that if you like really nail it with like a really cool compelling album or you know ep cover or whatever it elevates yeah it elevates like the potential of it or the kind of world that it's introducing for the listener in mm -hmm. a way that um can make the the music sound better i mean it sounds well, weird but i just feel like those two things are psychologically linked but and unfortunately for you know people like me my age group whatnot that grew up with cds or you know cassettes vinyl whatever might be something tangible there's there is something you know missing from just having a little digital square on your screen to actually having an album art i remember you know going and buying a cd at best buy and sitting in the parking lot opening up putting it in my car and sitting there and staring at the album art and flipping through the book and having that whole you know tangible piece that we miss now we still have you know the good music but uh, and it's easily accessible but there's something that's that's missing that's i think that's why a lot of people are going to collecting vinyl because they yes. have that that tangible piece so yeah totally yeah we we just did a um we just had the 10-year anniversary of of our third album heza and um 
we made a point to like we're gonna reissue that with new like expanded artwork and usually you know we don't you know we don't sell a ton of records so we don't usually get a very big budget to like put the physical albums together so it's usually pretty minimal like there'll be an insert or um, a sleeve that has lyrics printed on or something but we usually don't get a lot of runway but because we felt like we wanted to really make this one special. We did put a bunch more energy and effort into like building out the physical vinyl product for this like reissue 10 year anniversary edition for Heza. And um, it, it felt great. It's really cool to like have that physical thing. And I agree with you that um, it is something that like younger listeners who didn't grow up um, buying CDs or, or whatever are like kind of missing out on in my view. Yeah. So how does being musicians how affect your uh, and and this whole you know creative world affect uh, your daily life how do how are, are you when you go through you know uh, a day are you always kind of thinking of you know rhythms lyrics songs you know is there stuff that just pops into your head and you pull out your phone and you know put it uh, whether type it in or do a voice memo or something like can you be inspired by going to the park going to a museum or just you know hanging out with friends or family yeah i mean i think it it can pop up anywhere i mean or, or anything can kind of like maybe spark something i i do feel like if you're kind of in that writing mode your brain is a little more tuned in mm -hmm. but it's totally true that i mean you might have a you know a random thought um in some other you know entirely other phase of life when you're really not thinking about music but if something hits you then yeah you just kind of jot it down and keep moving and then I think what part of what our process has been is like after a while when you do get back into writing mode you, you you'll have a bunch of like little fragments of things or things like hastily shot like jotted down in that way that you start to like look back at and go what was there something here but yeah it's kind of uh kind of lives everywhere you know um yeah yeah i agree and and you know i think it would be interesting for me i would love to like i feel like if you if you where if you had the, the ability to listen to the voice memos of like any artist that you like, or I, like to me, that would be the most distilled version of like their creative process mm -hmm. because you, I mean, as an artist, I, I use that little app. If I'm outside or I hear something that inspires me, I'll just, I will record it to myself and my voice memos just with my voice to hear it as an outsider. It would sound like the ravings of a madman. Like it just absolutely makes no musical sense and like it only makes sense to me kind of like the, the what it is about that idea that i'm trying to record so that i'll remember it mm -hmm. uh, but like yeah i think and almost always it is hearing another piece of music or maybe i don't know like score from a tv show or something that might give me an idea or a theme song to something um that like leads to the next idea that, or that that um i'm gonna try to adapt or change or fit into something that could be one of our songs um that like kind of kicks that idea into motion but yeah it could be the grocery store or you know elevator yeah. music whatever yeah right yeah i feel like there's and there's some of your your songs that i feel like take some i don't want to say big swings but have some like sounds or samples to them that uh, are a little different so i'm thinking of um like uh, Zeno Bobby is uh is a great song i love that song but it, i feel like it has uh that that sample behind it that that really uh kind of drives the song what's the other one i'm thinking of um i think it's i turn my back on the written word you have the the yeah. in the background that's kind of loud yeah. i feel like is is something that is completely kind of 
and I mean this in the best way, kind of left field. That sounds yeah. a little different than you know just your regular mainstream pop music. And is that uh, where does that come from? Those those types of uh, samples and sounds. Yeah, I, I think in both cases, it's like a question of um, we kind of have like mined our own uh, archives, found mm -hmm. material. I mean, in the way that, um, and I'm not comparing myself to them, but like in the '90s, it was a big thing for hip-hop artists to like mine um you know like the archives of vinyl releases from the previous 50 years if you listen to like a de la soul record or something so yeah um we just took it upon ourselves to as a technique to like go through old demos and even records that we put out and like and like source little clips of them and try to repurpose them and just to see if like texturally something comes out of it so like yeah for instance that little vocal loop from i turn my back on the written word was from a demo that ted had made um by itself we didn't really know what to do with it but to mess around with it and to pitch it up and to kind of like give it make it feel like more of a textural thing it does kind of feel like a sample of an old record or something that feels decontextualized but it's really just one of our demos which i don't know it just feels more self-contained like the whole it's almost like a sample but instead of having to deal with the kind of like legal back you know back and forth of like clearing a sample we just were like you're well, not gonna sue we... yourself yeah <laughs> yeah like what if we just like sample our own stuff and mm -hmm. and change it and decontextualize it sufficiently so that it feels like um you know that it's been collaged together from some other source and the same is true for, for Zeno bobby that was from a technique that i I just hit on of taking like vocal stems from previous songs that we've put out and pitching them up and chopping them up and kind of reconstituting them out of order that would create a totally new texture. And um, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know by hearing it that it's like, I, I try to remember off the top of my head. I think that is, um, yeah, it was just like, yeah, it's a vocal stem from either a demo or, or one of the songs that we had put out before that yeah. and just chopped up and repitched and like it happened to fall into a texture that we like to you know and thought would be cool to build a song on top of yeah it didn't it didn't it's what it's done well <laughs> it's one of my favorite songs um uh, one of my other favorite songs you guys did is uh is black lemon it's one that i always go back to and end up listening to quite a bit is uh i'm a big fan of it, so uh do you guys have a favorite song or album now putting aside obviously the new stuff is going to be you know some of your favorite stuff maybe not putting it aside we'll add that into but ted we'll go with ted first so is there something that you look at as kind of your favorite piece that you've created whether it be a whole album or just uh, a certain song that you kind of hold up in a higher regard than everything else um i would answer that with a two-part answer one it's going to sound like i'm just hyping the new record but i would i will yeah. say as an entire album i think i'm happiest with this mm -hmm. and that's not just me trying to like it's not just because it's the one that we're about to tour on i mean it's yeah. it's true um but aside from that no i i kind of don't in the way that like i think that's what kind of keeps me wanting to write songs it's like anyone you, i mean every now and again i'll hear a snippet of something from like years ago that we made and i'll kind of be like yeah you know that it did come out pretty good but then it, it, inevitably any song um i kind of think to my there's a part of me that's like you know I, th I think it could have been better like some kind of way which i think is what keeps you constantly compelled to want to like you know what I, i'm gonna nail it next time but as an entire album i would say pound for pound this one is my favorite and, and I'm, I, I will 
I'll go under oath saying that. <laughs> Grant, are you uh, are you in agreement? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that catalog wise, I feel like has a the third one um, came out. I don't know if I had to. I don't know if I had to like put into a vault like which one I thought was the best from the back catalog. I would say that one. But I agree with Ted. I think Heatherhead is, and I've been using the word like thesis statement, it seems like the culmination or the sort of best way to sum up like what we've been trying to do all along. Um, yeah. So if you ask me again in a year, I, you know, I would say, I think I would say Heatherhead is the best of them uh, on an album level. And then on a song level, I think there's a couple that jump out to me and they're not ones that necessarily you might think because they're not, they're not the ones that have gotten the most burned, but um, we put out one in 2021 called lost cities that I just feel like is such a clear distillation of like the best of the kind of songs that Ted writes and like the production style of it and um, the way it all came together. I just feel like I would put that in the hall of fame of like the stuff we've done. Um, and I also really like, um, I think, keep it low was one that we put out it was like the first single that we put out yeah. for what became our state dogs um singles collection i feel like that you know it's a simple song and it i don't know it doesn't really get i don't know people don't request it or anything but i when i look back on it i go yeah that was probably like that's a good one yeah. yeah it's like a solid kind of three minute like one where i'm proud of all the different pieces of it and um maybe not the flashiest one but i just feel like it's got solid you know solid build to it so yeah yeah you, you people listening can't see us but ted and i are both shaking our head yes we're like yeah yeah we agree <laughs> we agree with what yeah. what grant's saying so so what what continues to inspire you guys are there what what kind of music do you guys listen to or you just listen to your own music all day long and everybody else sucks right <laughs> just my just just my own stuff you know i, I feel like that's really healthy <laughs> to just focus it's on healthy yeah. be in a silo and, yeah. and just keep yeah keep it like a closed system um everything i need to know i it already exists in my head yeah um no uh inspired by i mean music it's like you know music never gets old mm -hmm. uh to just describe it as a, a thing um so i listen to all kinds of stuff i play a lot of um i play like like a lot of jazz at home not that i'm like a connoisseur expert or encyclopedia on yeah. like jazz i mean I'm, I'm slowly learning but it's something that i like having on at the house yeah me uh, too. a lot uh well, like pieces of classical will kind of catch my ear here and there which is something that i kind of want to build a more base knowledge of i mean i think as musicians grant and I are both you know mostly self-taught like we didn't go to music college um mm -hmm. so we i don't know music is just the, like we're just it's a constant state of discovery and it's uh I still know so little. It's hilarious, even though this has been like kind of my full-time job for a while now. Right. Uh, so inspiration, I would say, comes from from anything and everything. Um, Grant, what 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 continues to inspire you? Are there are there artists out there that you're listening to? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been inspired recently by this new group that I'm interested to see. I called them a group, like it's 1959, but. Sure. Um, my friend put me on to this band called uh nation of language have you heard of them i have not but i'm going to I, now <laughs> yeah check them out like i think they're kind of new I mean, they just announced 
an album. I think they might have put out one album so far, uh, just on a little bit of touring, but I think they're on the road now. And it's three people, and like they've done, they did a couple of KEXP sessions that I found online, and like just to watch them perform, I found I found it. It's just a cool way to like arrange a band. Um, it's got like there's a singer, um, and then they don't have a drummer, but they have someone who's like doing electronic stuff that basically does the rhythm parts, um, and then a guitarist. So it's like kind of a different set up in a traditional band but um they're just dialed in like i just love the performances and the songs so i was inspired by that i mean it's yeah it's cool to see new young artists coming to the fore with like fresh ideas and and throwing out things that you know throwing out old ideas that i would have thought were standard issue like everybody has to have you know this kind of arrangement of their rhythm section or whatever, but just kind of rethinking that and reshuffling the deck, I think is super important. And it's great to come across a new artist that like kind of re-informs your ideas about what are the, um, uh, what are the important things of what are the, you know, possibilities that a band can have. Yeah. I have a whole Spotify playlist that I created that I called Un Uncommon Radio. And it's just music that you wouldn't hear. You don't hear on the radio. And yeah. I think, I think you, some of you guys' music is in there as well. And it's just, uh, it's when I hear something that's completely different, or like you said, it's arranged differently or sound, you know, has different, you know, not everything has to have a lead singer, a guitar player, a bass player, a drum player, you know, like it's, it can be yeah. all synths or it can be all whatever, you know, and, right. and can sound completely different. So, well, um, the the new album is coming out June second. It's called Heatherhead. I'm super excited to uh, to hear it. Um, if you want to hear the a uh, couple of singles that have come out so far, Waking Moment and Dirt Diamond are fantastic. Um, we asked about earlier. I asked about the um, album art. When you guys go into making videos, how much input do you guys have on on the uh, video? component of it as well because i i get i i was drawn in by the the visual I, I don't know if it's the actual video or just like the visual component what it was for dirt diamond i was sitting there staring at it, i was loving it and the way it was put together do you do you guys have input in that or how much is that just um here's what you guys are going to do from your your team yeah a lot of the video that video and all these kind of visualizers we've been putting out these songs are done by this uh design duo called pond which are they're based in new york um they're great and we uh but as far as input i mean we always we always want to have input um i think the best case scenario is we hit on people you know kind of similar to on where we, we can see what they do and what they're good at and we just respect a kind of um we're really you know fans of what they create and so sometimes it's about knowing when to just like let them do their thing yeah um but uh no we're always you know keenly interested in like this sort of all the visual stuff and we you know try to inject it with with as much of our input as we can i mean some things we've made completely we've just produced entirely ourselves um probably as often or more often we're, we're collaborating with someone else um it's always good to have somebody that you you can look to and they can everybody can play to their strengths you know obviously everybody has a seat at the table but you know yeah. you can say here's kind of my vision you know you guys yeah. run with it and 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 take care of it so well guys i appreciate your time today i got one last question for you both before you go 
Um, we'll start with Grant. Grant, if uh, you're talking to a classroom full of creatives, whether it's musicians, artists, whatever they might be, what kind of advice would you give them as they go forth on their creative journey? I would say to them, um, yeah, to try to find an avenue that you feel like is going to fulfill you uh, internally, you know, and that you'll find validation internally um, in doing, and then like that will build your confidence and you'll be able to decide for yourself, like how you, if you want to make that a career thing, then, you know, you'll have the ability to do that, but also that it's totally valid and totally respectable to keep those creative endeavors in the non kind of commercial world and try to like pursue um arts and arts and creative endeavors for yourself and for for um you know for your own ability to enjoy and to share with your friends and and um and not feel the urge to necessarily make it into like something that um you have to use to live by um because a lot of times that can push you into directions where you you have to make compromises and stuff to to try to make it sellable um in a way that you might not otherwise have to it can unlock your ability to enjoy those pursuits more if you can kind of decouple that from like commerce um but yeah just to try to let your heart steer like which direction you want to go in and just dive into it that's great ted same question to you what kind of advice would you give a creative um i don't know that was really good advice yeah i would say you're you know it's gonna have to be your own kind of way into it that you find i mean anyone who kind of tells you it's going to happen if you do xyz you know they're probably lying to you or selling you something mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna have to find your own way everyone does and that's only if you kind of like grant was saying you hit on the things that you would probably just want to do anyway because you're just obsessed with it not because um you think it's gonna like i don't know make money or make you famous or anything like that so sure. Find whatever you would just want to be doing anyway, and then just kind of follow that thread, and that'll probably like lead you somewhere. Yeah, find your passion and and work towards that. So, well, guys, thank you so much for your time today. Again, the album Heatherhead comes out June second. Look forward to hearing it, and I, uh, I hope your uh, I hope your tour brings you to Indianapolis so I can see you guys live someday. That would be fantastic. I think it's like the last big city that we've never played. At least not much additional. So there you go. We'll make a point of it. Yeah, we'll be there. Make a point of coming here. So wish you guys continued success and uh, looking forward to hearing the new album. Thanks for being on today. Thank you, Dustin. Dustin, thanks so much for having us. Each week on Create Talk Repeat, I want to leave you with some creative task or inspiration, something to get your creative juices flowing. This week, I want you to talk to your friends and get some recommendations on music you should be listening to. What are some of their favorite artists? What are some of their favorite new albums? You can even create a shared Spotify playlist and have everyone add five songs that they like. You may find some music that you've never heard of before. It may inspire you to create something new, but go into it with an open mind, no matter what the genre of music your friends add to the playlist. You might discover you enjoy more than you realize. I hope this helps you on your creative journey. Thanks for listening to Create, Talk, Repeat.
Create Talk Repeat is a Brenton Creative production. Created and hosted by me, Dustin Brenton. Development and brainstorming assistance by Darren Caldwell. Music by Creative Culture. Follow us on Facebook at Create Talk Repeat or visit our website at createtalkrepeat.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.